Hey, hello! This is Professor Game, where we interview successful practitioners of games, gamification, and game thinking who bring us the best of their experiences to get ideas, insights, and inspiration to help us in the process of getting students to learn what we teach. And I'm Rob Alvarez. I work at IE Business School Publishing, where we create interactive and engaging learning materials. Wow, today we will have Bernardo Letaif. Bernardo, are you prepared to engage? All systems go! There you go. So Bernardo, he started as a web designer back in 1998. He worked in JWT, a marketing agency, for a year and started his journey in the training world working at EduMac as a certified Adobe instructor. In 2008, he started working at the American School Foundation. Bernardo has been working as a freelancer forever and founded his company in 2011. In 2010, he was introduced by a student to the concept of gamification. Since then, all his classes have been gamified. He developed Blue Rabbit as a platform to gamify education and increase the engagement in any teaching environment. And additionally, very recently in Gamification Europe, Bernardo's software, Blue Rabbit, was awarded as the Gamification Software of the Year. So that's very amazing, Bernardo. Congratulations again and now publicly. So, Bernardo, is there anything I missed in that intro? Well, no. no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Fantastic. So good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great. So, Bernardo, the first question we would like to know is what does a regular day with Bernardo look like? Well, uh, it actually depends. I have basically like maybe three different kind of days. Uh, I usually have either a creative day, a developing day, or an administrative day. So, okay. um, usually when it's a creative day, I wake up very early. Uh, and uh, it's those days when I start, uh, I just go downstairs, I turn off my computer, and I start working creatively in the art of either Blue Rabbit or any other project that we have. Uh, some of the days uh, when I have to develop something, uh, it's pretty much the same thing, uh, but I usually wake up a little uh, later. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I have to develop, I kind of need more rest. And um, basically, uh, that's pretty much all that I need to do. Administrative days are the hardest ones for me because uh, it's when you have to answer thousands of emails and uh, calls and meetings and um, everything. And it really doesn't matter where they are. Sometimes they are online. Sometimes I have to get out of the house. But most of days I work from uh, my own uh, studio downstairs. And uh, all I have to do is turn the computer on and start working on whatever uh, things we're missing that day. Fantastic. Uh, wait, I forgot, I forgot about something. The very mm. first thing I do every day uh, before I start working is either play a quick run of Diablo 3, uh, Diablo 3 sorry, or uh, I play two uh, games of chess. That kind of helps me constantly. Two games? And how long does that take? Ah, uh, like 20 minutes. Yeah, it pretty much is the same thing. 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes uh, tops. Hmm. And Bernardo, you forgot to mention that you have three dogs. So everybody, if you listen to any barking in the background, there's no problem. Nothing's coming after Bernardo. It's not, you know, a Grand Theft Auto <laughs> prosecution. It's just the three dogs that he might have somewhere around the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they will be saying hello off very often. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. No problem. 
So, Bernardo, yeah. we would like to now get into a story. We would like yes. you to tell us the story of the worst application of game thinking or gamification that you've actually participated in. We want the inside story. And, Bernardo, I know you gave a talk, which I still haven't listened to because it was at the same time as my talk in Gamification Europe. So I'm very, very interested in, in getting to know what you said back then. So take it away. Um, well, I thought about this question for a while. Um, actually, the worst application of game thinking, uh, it wasn't exactly in, in the classroom. Uh, we were working... Um, for a pharmaceutical company, which I will uh, keep uh, anonymous. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the things that this pharmaceutical company, they actually had a lot of budget. Uh, they had quite some money. And um, they were willing to work on a gamified solution to help diabetic uh, diabetes patients uh, to stick to the treatment. So when they came to us, uh, we were super excited because we really wanted to, to build a cool solution that would take people to the next level. And uh, you know, gamification works best when you're talking about long-term engagement. Hmm. And we had all these uh, beautiful design on the background. We had all these great ideas working together. We had an amazing uh, setup of motivational design on, on, uh, on the core of the system. Uh, and we presented it, and the uh, the client said, "Okay, wait a second. Um, I'm I'm expecting at least to see ten games from this, uh, not one big thing that you're doing. We really want to have eight games or ten games for people to follow the the treatment." And I was like, "Sorry, what?" <laughs> They were actually expecting us to develop games rather than a gamified solution, and they thought that uh, by designing a game, uh, we could somehow engage uh, diabetic patients into sticking to a treatment that requires you to stay into it for 20 years. And um, one of the core issues with, uh, with games is that by nature, they will become boring at some point. You, you can't avoid the fact that a game will be boring at, uh, after some time. Uh, unless it's Diablo 3, right? Unless it's Diablo 3. <laughs> Or chess. <laughs> no, uh, uh, well, I, I mean, you could talk about uh, timeless games like cards or like chess, which are very engaging. But in the end, uh, long, uh, the longer you stay playing a game, um, it will eventually, you, you will eventually become bored about it. So you cannot have uh, a game that will engage patients for, I don't know, 20 years. We weren't talking about Uh, a treatment that would last for two weeks. It was a 20-year treatment. Hmm. So um, they ended up uh, wasting uh, the equivalent of $50,000, maybe $60,000 um, with a different agency, and the project was a complete failure. They never passed the, the developing, the developing um, uh, part of the project. And they in the developing stage, uh, they ended up wasting the money. They couldn't deploy the games, and they didn't even have uh, a good outcome. And the consequences of that is that um, this company had like marked a, set, a huge setback for us gamifying gamification experts, because a lot of companies knew about that project, and whenever we presented something similar. Then they were like, oh, but you, you know about uh, these other companies' uh, project. They were working on this. And we were like, yeah, we know. 
yeah, we're not going to do it anyway this time. So yeah, th that's the worst application of game thinking we've worked and it has hurt our industry over here. Oof, that sounds very painful. But Bernardo, I have a question. What would you yes. say is the, the key learning you got from that experience? What would you like our audience to take away from your story? Well, fortunately, this was around three years ago, and we were on a stage in the gamification world where a lot of people were saying, try not to use the word gamification when you're pitching a project. And back then, it sounded like a crazy idea because why on earth wouldn't I say the word gamification inside something? Uh, honestly, I think that the, if we hadn't been so uh, theoretical theoretical about it, if we hadn't brought all these um, core concepts or these very um, complicated ideas on motivational design, etc., maybe we would have uh, a lot more acceptance with the client. So I would highly recommend anyone, if this is a good teaching for you, is make the explanation of the project as simple as possible and do not involve any complicated uh, terminology. The word gamification still is very complicated for clients to absorb all what it actually means. We as experts know that. That's okay, that's fine, that's our job to know exactly what we're doing. But you don't worry about explaining that to the client. Make sure the project itself is engaging and attractive enough for the client to accept it for the project itself not because of, of all the theory that's behind it. Exactly, and I would say in, in, in an educational setting, if you have to present it to the principal or the director of the academic area, or you're presenting it to, to one of your superiors, which could be the case, try to keep it simple. I mean, they, they, they probably haven't heard Professor Game, they probably haven't heard of Blue Rabbit, they probably haven't heard the term before, so try to keep it simple, keep it simple for them. Whether or not you use the term gamification, that's evidently up to you. But try to keep it simple. Keep the theory a bit behind the scenes. I mean, when you when you use a software, there's no reason why you need to understand how does Word work, right? So mm -hmm. you just need to understand how it works. You need to understand how to use it. You don't need to yes. understand the behind the scenes. So probably if you want to present a project, you always want to go with the benefits. What's the good things that students will get? What's the engagement results? How are they going to learn a lot better? So so that's my, my key learning from your from your from your worst experience. Bernardo, now, now I wanted to shift. I want to take a complete turn and, and look at what's the biggest challenge that you faced and actually solved using gamification. Um, to be completely honest, I think being an entrepreneur here in Mexico, um, it may sound a little, uh, <laughs> a, a, a little dramatic, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but uh, my biggest challenge uh, has been without a question uh, to keep me motivated working on the projects that I've been developing and uh, trying to keep the energy uh, flowing. And um, the thing is that gamification actually helped me because I realized that I could turn my own life into um, some sort of a role-playing game where I am the hero of my own story. So what I did is I uh, every challenge I'm faced I see two sides of it. So the first thing is, can I uh, attempt this more than once? If I can attempt something more than once, then my approach is a lot, I, I will take a lot more risks. I will go mm, for it. I will try it uh, several times because I know that I will be able to attempt it again and again and again. Uh, 
uh, it's pretty much like what happens before starting Mario Bros. You see how many lives you're left, you've gotten it, and, and then you say, okay, so I can do this and that. But when you're left with only one life, suddenly you play better. Um, <laughs> and what, what, I've, what I've done with that is precisely, um, it's been very hard for, uh, for us over here to uh, penetrate the market in, in, in Mexico with gamification and try to get some companies to accept us and to, to, for us to deploy some projects or for schools to accept Blue Rabbit or for uh, schools to take some workshops. So um, every time we s try and sell something, we know it's not the last time we'll, we'll have to uh, an attempt on it, so we go with it. Uh, and the other side of it is um, if we don't have a second chance, then we will give it our absolute all to it. So we will work every second and every cell of our bodies will work towards that because since it's our last chance then we will have to play all of our cards at the best of our skills and that's the way the game the, uh, the game thinking has uh, helped us uh, mm. actually get to the place where we were awarded uh, <laughs> the, the software of the year uh, where we have been facing a lot of challenges it's been a very hard uh, journey for us but in the end we just have to keep trying and it doesn't matter how hard it seems you just have to keep trying so that's also what we try to put into our classes uh, that's exactly why we love education so much because um, we can tell players we can tell well, uh, students <laughs> we can tell our players that they can attempt things many times it doesn't matter as long as you can keep trying and you feel that you're still alive and you can keep pushing through there's nothing uh, going to get in your way. It, it doesn't matter how big the mountain it looks, it seems. You may want to try it again and again and again, and you will always be able to overcome any challenges that come uh, forth. Especially because you, you continue to learn continually. I mean, it's not like when you attempt for a yes. second time, you, you know exactly the same thing that you knew the first time. You know, at least you know what didn't work, if it didn't work. You can try a third time, and you know what? There's there's two things that don't work, and you go for a fourth time, and so on. Yes. And that's that, that's fundamental for the learning process, and, and it's probably one of the the critiques that we generally have towards the education system that it it's not geared towards allowing you to fail. And and, and yes. in gamification Europe, we heard fail as the first attempt in learning. So yes. I mean, it, it could be the first, the second. It doesn't matter. You need to be allowed into failing in that sense and to try again because that's the best way to learn. And it's very different to approach uh, a problem uh, trying to fail it than trying to give it your all and see what you, what you missed, see what mistakes you made, and then trying again. Yeah. Uh, it's very important. Uh, some teachers uh, t usually tell me, hey, but aren't you setting your players for failure? And no, 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 no. That's not what we're saying here. What we're trying to say is that uh, failing isn't a bad thing, but you have to try with all you've got. And each time you try, as you just said, uh, Rob, uh, you will know more things about the challenge you have in front of you. So you can attempt again, and can attempt again, and can attempt again. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with uh, the educational um, market. We want to okay. change the perception of perfection. It really doesn't work. What works is make mistakes and fix them. That's it. Very good, Bernardo. 
I have another question now. Um, Bernardo, is there a... And I'm going to challenge you because we, we're, we don't have too much time left. But what okay. is the process you follow to apply gamification to a situation? Especially if you can tailor it because we know you come from the educational world. So what's the process that you would follow to use gamification in, a, in an educational setting? And again, I'm challenging you to keep it short. This short. Time. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I think the very first thing and I agree with most uh, authors in this, is what's the goal behind it. So first of all, I set up what's the point, and once I know the point, I deploy a narrative, I try to find a story that will match it, and I reverse engineer everything. So all I do is, okay, I don't know, let's say the goal is to teach someone how to create very complex equations. So that's the goal, and then I, uh, I build a narrative towards that solution, something, some idea of, how uh, maybe a math scientist or a math expert would feel or would be like and based on that idea i reverse engineer the concept that people need to teach to get to that point so what do you need to be that avatar or that idea you have of yourself and based on that i deploy all the story and all the consequences and all the projects and all the all the subjects behind it that's fantastic. Thank you very much. And, and you rose to the challenge once again. <laughs> it was like one minute and a half. That's fantastic. Thanks okay. for that, Bernardo. Um, now we're going to go to the second side of the interview. And here we're more towards tips, tools, tactics that can be used like straightforward in gamification. And in that sense, the, the first question that, that I have here for our engagers, Bernardo, is for you to name one best practice, something that you consider a best practice in gamification. Hmm. Best practice on gamification. So, I think the Onward project by Gabe Zuckerman is one of the best things. He's trying to balance out how some companies have used gamification against uh, the the. I don't know. I'm gonna. It sounds like very heroic this, but uh, <laughs> like gamification has been used by maybe not very good companies trying to force people into buying stuff. And he's trying to use gamification to get people away from addiction. Hmm. So I'm going to go with that one. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite game? Without a question, uh, Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger. Those two two games changed my life absolutely forever. Bernardo, is there somebody you would like to, to, to listen to interviewed in Professor Game? And don't say Monica Cornetti because she already, she's already been <laughs> interviewed and she asked for you. So, so that's, that's somebody you can't name. Okay. Um, I think I would like to listen to Jeff Gomez. Uh, the, the, he, gave the key, he was a keynote speaker at Gamification Europe and he has a very interesting insight on the collective journey that we have to pursue uh, as game fires. So I would say he would have a lot of things to talk about. Hmm. Especially in education, because as usual, in, in education, unless you're in a, in a mentor-to-mentee situation, which is one-on-one, you tend to be yes. teaching and, and helping people one-to-many. So the collective journey is something that makes sense for, for a class, for some students. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. Fantastic. Um, what's your superpower in gamification? What's my superpower in gamification? Yes. Mm, I think balancing systems. Uh, I'm. I think I'm. I'm really. I consider myself really good at understanding uh, what, how players should progress 
through a story and how their skills should grow uh, and being creative about how they're going to use those skills through the process of learning. So um, balancing it out in a way that they will feel challenged all the time, uh, I would say that's that's the thing I love the most. I, I think that's the one thing I specialize the most. Fantastic. Um, now we're going to get the random question from the audience. Okay. And, and we would like to know how would you approach that problem using gamification? So okay. here is the question. It's, it's a professor of communication, all right? And th this professor is specifically mentioning a, a session in which they talk about how to manage communicational crises. Is there, is there anything that you would recommend this professor to, to gamify a, a classroom like that? Communicational crisis? Yeah, like a company has, you know, pharmaceutical, just to keep it back to your story. I mean, okay. they have a problem in which they gave, gave out a pill and they found out too late that the pill could cause this or that consequence and they have to take it, pull it back. What do you do about communication? So, so how would you gamify a class like that? How would I? Okay. Um, I think that, whoa. So if the company has to, um, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit while on this. So give me a sec. Um, <laughs> When you talk about a company that sent out some miscommunication to people and they would have to change it, I don't think that's a problem that should be gamified itself. Okay. But uh, fixing the fixing the communication. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually how to gamify a class in which you teach people how to do that. It's oh, more, more not, oh, not gamifying the problem, but gamifying okay. a class in which you teach that. Gamifying a class in which you teach yeah. how to solve handle communicational crisis. That would be, that's perfect. All you have to do <laughs> is precisely set people with the problem that you just said, some, some kind of problem like, like you said. Um, especially, it has to be a problem that you don't know the answer. This is something that I've been, I've been telling to some teachers. When you don't know how to solve a problem that you have the players figure out how to, how to fix it, that's uh, the, the best moment for a player to understand any type of learning. So I would set them up with a, with a problem that would be so complex that the teacher won't be able to solve by himself. And you would set up roles for people to try and fix it. So I would set uh, maybe four or five uh, uh, teams of four or five people and have them face all the other teams together at the, the market they were miscommunicated. And they will have to fix that, and the people would have to know how to do it. However, no one should know which team is throwing out what uh, posters or what communication. You know, so so you hmm. keep it secret who the authors of that are, and you would know. Okay, so maybe the issue you have is this thing, and this is a problem. Everybody knows about this problem, and you don't know what team is trying to fix it. That way, you will be able to see exactly how they solve it, and at the same time, you will be able to face if the communication they're trying to fix is actually working or not. Hmm. Right? Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you very much for that, Bernardo. I hope okay. that answers the question from the audience. So finally, okay. I would like to have um, uh, some quick advice, uh, Bernardo, for listeners who have never before engaged their learners using gamification. What would you tell them? I would tell them, number one, do not be afraid at all. Gamifying a class is a challenge. I, I know for sure. I even almost lost my job once. Um, <laughs> but it really is a challenge. It will 
take a lot of your resources into making your players or making the story. It will take a lot of work at the beginning, but the satisfaction of having players thriving through the class is without a question one of the most satisfying uh, feelings ever. It feels like Fiero every day. <laughs> when you get to a class and you don't have to be behind every player because they are behind you asking for more stuff, that's the best feeling as a teacher I could ever get. Fantastic. That's that's amazing. And that that's something to keep in mind when, when you're... Because as in gamification, as with any other project, there might, there might be times that are a bit tougher, that are more difficult, that, that you feel that you're a bit down. Always remember, remember, what's your purpose? What's your mission? Why are you a professor? Why are you a teacher? Why are you teaching these people? Why, why is that passionate for you? And then you'll realize that by doing all of these techniques, all these tools, all these tactics and strategies of gamification, you will be achieving exactly that. You will be achieving getting your learners engaged, getting them to learn very deeply, getting them to understand things that before they didn't understand, not because they're not capable of it, but because they didn't exactly. feel like engaging. They were bored. They, maybe they, they didn't really get it because they weren't paying attention. So that's what some, some of the things that you can get using gamification. And Bernardo, thank you very much. Uh, yes. I would like to finally ask you, how can we connect with you and your project of, of Blue Rabbit? If there's any quick uh, something you want to talk about your, your project and, and show it to the audience, and then we'll say game over. Okay. Uh, well, uh, if you want to know more about Blue Rabbit, you can go, go to bluerabbit.io uh, and, and find out on the website. Uh, you can try out the app uh, without any consequence or without, uh, you don't have to pay anything for it right now. Um, you can connect with us via uh, Blue Rabbit class in Twitter or Blue Rabbit class in Facebook. Uh, or you can look for me either Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, I, you can find me as Bernardo Letaif or in Twitter as at BLetaif. And anytime, uh, any place, I will be glad to hear from anyone. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Bernardo. And that's all of it for today. And we'll say game over. Thank you, Rob. Gagers, it's fantastic to have you around. This podcast only makes sense with you. So let's connect on Twitter so you can let me know who you would like to have as a guest in Professor Game. What questions haven't I asked? What things would you still like to have in Professor Game that are not there? So my Twitter account is at Rob Alvarez B. Let's get the conversation started. I'm always sharing content on gamification, especially around education. Hey, don't click continue yet. Do you want to know why Sabrina Bruweiler thinks that the worst experience in gamification is that of the sudden and final changes? Do you want to listen to a specific story where she had to make all these changes and how she solved it? Well then listen to the next episode of Professor Game. See you there!